Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we come to you from the virtual world of the Netherscapes. I almost said Nether Regions. That's not where we're coming from. Totally different place, yes. (laughs) Very different connotation and (laughs) rationale from coming there. But uh, yes, we are experimenting with virtual. We're being good to citizens and experimenting with virtual recording. And uh, so this is exciting. New frontier for us both here. I've never done this without looking at Cass and I know. watching him, <laughs> admiring him from up close. <laughs> so. There's a there's a distance I can sense right now, and I don't know if I like it. but Yeah, can I do this without staring longingly into his eyes? We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Listeners don't know. We hold hands throughout the entire episode. The and so I don't know what I do. What did he even do with my hands right now? So I'm holding my other hand right now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, we're glad we can make this work and we are going to uh, do what we always do in this episode and start off with what we have been playing. It might be a little one sided because Bill has been crazy busy. We mentioned this in the last podcast with his work. It is, um, you have, you, I'm sure you can talk to it, but it has been. Nonstop for you lately. Yes, nonstop. We are we are very short staffed and I've been working a lot and unfortunately not playing anything. So I'm gonna rely heavily on Kaz, virtually of course, <laughs> to uh to go through his uh his many and varied plays. Right. And I have been playing up a storm because uh I have nothing else to do right now. And uh, so, yeah, I have also been experimenting a lot with the virtual play board gaming options and others uh, with my family. I don't have to virtually play with them. I've been playing face to face, although who knows what other decrees will come down that we should be doing. Maybe I will have to start that virtually as well. Uh, But yeah, so I thought I'd go through a few. The one that I just got done playing recently is I did a couple rounds of Burgle Bros, which I have backed the sequel on Kickstarter, but I have actually never played, and I only backed it on the recommendation of a good friend of mine who loves the game, and so it was exciting to play it uh, for the first time. Have you ever played Burgle Bros? I, I haven't. I haven't. What's what's the sequel? Sequel is it like Burgle Sisters? Or <laughs> it's still. I believe the Bros are still at it. Oh, okay. Um, so but still... it is more. Yes, it's uh, it's still very uh, not PC about you know because there are women involved. So male dominated. Yeah, Burgle okay. siblings. Huh. Or um, so I'm trying to think of a heist word that starts with S for siblings for alliteration, but I can't think of one. Uh, <laughs> Nothing. Um, it should just be like Burgle family, right? Right. Exactly. Burgle friends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so Beavish it is family. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's like exactly what game. it should have been. We should do that game. Yes, we'll do an unlicensed sequel of <laughs> Brooklyn Bros that is Fiendish Family. It'll be very confusing because no one will understand what's going on, but we'll kickstart it with all the same art. Yes. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, nothing. In today's day and age, nothing. Nothing. Everyone will be fine. It's chaos. No one's paying attention. Um, but Burgle Bros is really interesting. And so it is, a, if you've never heard of it, it is a uh, Tim Fowers game. Tim Fowers is probably, I'd say it's the game he's known for he's known for paperback and hardback as well but i feel like burgle bros um at least recently or uh, before those came out was sort of the game he was known for he, he has several others fugitive of course and um a few others that are really good but this one has sort of been this the game that he's heavily associated with most heavily associated with so burgle bros is a heist game where you are co- cooperatively trying to pull off a heist and it has a cool structure that you play based on whatever setup you want to. There, I believe there's three that come in the base game box. There is um, a single story building that you're just trying to get in, bust in the safe. Um, or I'm sorry, a two-story building. You're just trying to get in, bust into the safe, and go on each floor, and then get out of there. And then there is a three-story setup. And then there's a uh, Fort Knox, actually, literally Fort Knox simulation you can try to bust into to uh that is the hardest one to um uh rob stuff and then and then leave it's very light-hearted it feels very much like an oceans 11 movie um, of style where you're just sort of these very unique characters the art is sort of 60s-esque that style of animation and uh it lends well to the theme but um but yeah this was really fun i played a few rounds of it with some friends online and i really really enjoyed it it's a really great co-op game and it doesn't suffer too much from that co-op uh, failing of pandemic is a good example where you have someone sort of quarterbacking the game 
that can happen, but it is offset a little bit here because you have a lot of options to um, just sort of disregard any advice and kind of do your own thing. The problem is, though, is that if you are, uh, you can tank the whole game for everybody by being discovered too many times by guards that are roaming around each floor, and they will change how and what speed they roam around their floor based on what happens in the game. But uh, that's still the fun of the game. I think you treat this as sort of a silly, fun, Ocean's Eleven spin on theme and uh, just not take it too seriously. And this game is quite good. So I'm very excited for the second one to come through on Kickstarter, whenever that may be, based on what is happening right now. Uh, who knows? But I really enjoyed it. So we should definitely try to get uh, that played as well. I don't know anyone who owns it in real life, I'm just realizing, uh, that lives here. Do you know anyone who owns this? Um, I, I do not. I do not. Uh, what, did you play it virtually? Yes. Yeah, that's all I've been oh, okay. doing pretty much. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just played virtually all the, and, uh, I know my friend Alex has it, but he lives in Portland, of course. So that'd be hard to play together that way. But, um, but anyway, I guess soon I will potentially have a, the second one and we can play that one. The second one is similar structure, but it is a casino. So almost literally following the, uh, theme of Ocean's movies is, is now the casino that we are, um, robbing and they add new elements and new things and new characters to play with uh, and abilities and stuff like that. But that is the premise of that one. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's Burgle Bros. Burgle Bros is really fun. One that I've been meaning to play and uh, never got a chance to. Um, all right, let's go on to the next one. The next one I've been play I just played recently was Oceans. Have you have you done any reading on Oceans or know anything know anything about it? I really didn't until I played it. I just heard no. about it. I, heard I that have it existed. heard. I have heard it existed. Um, yeah, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. I, I, I just, it looks beautiful. Bo the box is beautiful looking. And, um, I just knew, yeah, I knew, I heard the name bandied about and people were saying, oh, have you tried Oceans? So we tried it. And as I was reading the rules and going down, I quickly realized that this is by North Star Games and it, uh, the makers of Evolution. And this is a very similar game to their previous game evolution except in the ocean so uh if you've ever played evolution and you like that structure but you thought it was maybe a little too mean which it definitely can be yes it this can. yeah this is the game for you um it has a lot of the same feel it really does feel like uh like evolution it it's very close in game structure and and what happens in the game there are distinct differences that make it a separate game although i did play this one virtually as well i own evolution i probably won't be rushing out to get oceans even though i really prefer the ocean theme it it is so close to evolution that i just feel like i can get that feel from the game i already have but basically the difference is is you it's harder to uh one thing that happened in evolution is that you would bring out a little new creature to develop and suddenly there's predators roaming around and they would just pretty much instantly eat it up the it, timing is a big thing in that game in this game you can't ever come like right out of the gate eat up uh like uh, uh make a species extinct by eating it up that that species will always be there it's more dependent on what food it has versus like how much population it has is what the structure change is with this game so you're all trying to eat off the reef or the ocean and then the eating round if you need a certain amount of food and you don't have it then then they go extinct but you have your turn to refill the food area to basically attract feeding fish or food fish into the areas that you need to feed from based on what your creatures, how they eat um, in the game. So it's a little nicer in that way. And I, I like that. I really did like that because especially for new players or non-gamers, evolution can be a bit of a learning curve to not feel like you're just getting piled on um, by more experienced players. Or yeah, in I my really case, like evolution a lot. I, I like yeah. evolution quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, you, I, I think uh, you'd really like this one too. We should definitely um, try to get this one to game night uh, in the future when it, whenever it starts up again. Be, if, if anyone has it, I think someone did buy it. I think uh, our friend was it Aaron? Does he own it? Maybe not. And maybe we we're just trying to play it. But anyway, this would be a great one because I feel like it does a lot of the great things Evolution does and uh, adds some really cool, fun elements to it. Uh, the one thing that's different too is it has this really cool deck called the Deep. Basically, in the most of the game, or at the beginning of the game, at least half of it, you're kind of floating around the reef um, and the higher levels of the ocean, which makes sense. You're developing new creatures and evolving them. But about halfway through the game, there is something that you trigger that allows you to use the deep cards. And you've 
the deep cards are all traits like the other decks that you've been drawing from to build your creatures but the deep cards there i think it's like 60 or some cards and all none of them are repeats they are all individually unique abilities that you can assign to your creatures and so that makes it really interesting where it suddenly changes the game options and they're very powerful and you can either go heavy after one strategy or offset a weakness that you have in very cool and unique ways um that are this really neat. It'd be fun if they, and I've not played a lot of evolution expansions, so I don't know if they have something similar to this, but it'd be cool if they could incorporate that sense to evolution as well, because it just creates this really new, like just sh- totally shifts the game suddenly <laughs> in a really interesting way. Huh? Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. What else have I been playing? I played a little saboteur with my family, which is really fun. Um, I've been meaning to play this uh, for a while because my son is six years old and he's he's pretty good at gaming for his age. We play a lot of them with him. And I wasn't exactly sure if he would get this, but he freaking loved this game. And he loved he was the saboteur once and just. Oh man, he was he was like the happiest I've ever seen him <laughs> breaking people's tools and cackling about it and just trying to pretend that he wasn't the saboteur, although it's very obvious he was the saboteur. Um, so I just, as a side note, would recommend saboteur heavily as a family game. I wasn't sure if it would work with that age, but I think it really does uh, work really, really well with the kid, especially if they can get the fun of being the bad guy for a minute. Um, you do have to, of course, fudge the rules a little bit as the adult, but it worked really well as a family game for us. Oh, nice. Um, did we, on the last episode, did we talk about Everdell at all? Oh, did we talk about it? We did a little bit. I think we did. I think uh, so. Because you guys had played it, right? Yes. Yeah, we did. You're right. Yeah, because we had just tried it before that. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if we mentioned that or not, but sounds like we did. So. I believe we did. I have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, that's okay. a great one. Definitely recommend um i know aaron owns that that physically (laughs) (laughs) i know aaron owns that physically and so i think that'll be a great one to bring to the game uh game night to try uh to play uh, in real in real life and i think you might even have an expansion too uh all right let's see let's move on what else have i been playing um all right come on guys dazzle us (laughs) i might have i might have done my dazzling already just scrolling through my uh, my library to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. I don't want to call that a letdown, but mm. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just realizing I've been replaying games that I've uh, that I've already talked about. Um, and you know what I have been doing? I've just been playing some smaller games and sort of revisiting small games that I haven't had a chance to play uh, very often, but I really enjoy. Um, like Jaipur, I've been replaying that a lot lately. I, I have to say, in these times of tumultuous and nervous uh, tension all around, it is really nice to play a chill, relaxing, even flow game like Jaipur. <laughs> that game, I don't know, something about that is like just eating a caramel candy. It's just so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know what it is, but I, I entered this to Shelly um, recently, and we were playing it a bunch, and, and we keep bringing it up as like, what do you want to do right now? Should we play a game? What do you want to play? I don't know. Let's play. Oh, Jaipur. Let's play that. I don't want to. I don't want to have analysis paralysis. I don't want to worry about strategy too much, but I want to have enough where it's satisfying to get into it. But oh, what a what a what a satisfying structure that game is. So that is yeah. That that's kind of the way we we look at it too. That one, Hanami Koji and Fox in the Forest are kind of yeah. Our big just we don't want to hurt our brains, so let's sit out and just have fun and a couple of drinks and yeah that's that's a good one we should start you know what we should do for our next episode we should come up with that type of game list our favorite chill out have a couple of drinks games that are just really chill chill but fun to play or like enough of a game that you feel like you're actually playing a game not an activity but you're just oh you just want to sit on a deck or a patio and play that game and commiserate about your day (laughs) With, with no end Right, with no yes. no wind, ideally, ideally. Yeah, there are no good no wind games out there. No, no, no good windy games out there. Like, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any off, off the top of my head. Maybe like a big game of chess with metal pieces might be a good windy day <laughs> game. But. 
they should there should be a genre of outdoor games that just like if it's card based it's just like super thick cardstock like it's super thick cardboard or or maybe there's a there's a slabs niche market. of lead <laughs> yeah, maybe there's like lead sleeves you could somehow make and find your niche market for uh, for outdoor gamers yeah. <laughs> these big heavy yeah these big heavy metal <laughs> sleeves that would be awesome just you like, could you could outdoorize any game yeah by, totally. like packing you know metal sleeves and like you could put uh like glue weights onto some of like the tokens <laughs> and stuff so that they wouldn't fly around oh you know like, what you could do is like be an fish, industry fishing weights you know how fishing weights they like you just squeeze them tight on like a fishing line so it's a similar yeah. process you just squeeze them onto the corners of a cards <laughs> there you go and depending on how windy it is you can calibrate how many weights you need we could just sell like a, a bucket of weights and you bring that and you make your own weight set based on the we, game you're playing. <laughs> we just made a million dollars. We're millionaires. Now. No one wow. take that. No one do it. Uh, how are we going to spend all this money? <laughs> that's that's another episode. That's uh, We're going to yeah. change the name of this podcast to uh, the Millionaire Board Gamer Podcast. And we're just going to talk about how we're spending our money. <laughs> It'll pro- it probably will be boring. It's probably buying more board Super games. Super boring, yeah. <laughs> We're the only ones that are going to find that really interesting. <laughs> uh, speaking of Fox in the Forest and games that are uh, not as good as that, um, I have I played a game called Skull King. Have you ever heard of this game? Is it like Skull? No, it is not. It is a oh. it is basically one of those games that is based on a traditional trick taking structure. Um, but adds like abilities and and powers into it, or just a kind of abilities and little slight nuances. But it's basically sounds, not that sounds far. Sounds like from Fox that basic in the game. Forest. <laughs> exactly, except it's <laughs> it's multiplayer. And anyway, it was an interesting game. Like it wasn't it wasn't bad. And I feel like for a big group of people, this is one of those that um, still fits with that traditional trick taking style where you can play just like tons of people in it. And it was okay. The premise is your your pirates. That really doesn't matter that much, except. Um, they have sort of a different uh, trick-taking options, kind of like Fox in the Forest and how you get tricks and how you can offset tricks. But it just sort of reminded me, once again, how good Fox in the Forest is because some of these games that do that, get there's too much powers added or too much abilities added to these yeah. types of games, and it just gets chaotic and so hard to follow. That is that is the thing I love the most about Fox in the Forest is uh, is the fact that it could have gone off the rails. Anytime right. you take you take a trick-taking game and you're like, I'm gonna add a few special powers and some things here, there there is that that option to just be like completely throw it out of whack. How does this all balance? Um, but Fox in the Forest, because it only gave special powers like what, like four cards in each suit or something like that, four yeah. or five. Um, it really doesn't the powers don't come into a play really every single turn that uh, you kind of wait to use them for very very specific instances but it doesn't like whack out the game it doesn't throw the balance off it doesn't you know make anybody mad or be like what in the world's happening right now right. um it it really just flows with the trick taking and it's uh it's really really well done uh i don't think i've i've seen any other trick-taking games that uh, plus the fact that it works for two players that's that still blows me away um well it's a two-player game so it has to work right. for two players. <laughs> um but it uh yeah i i i really think of, of all the trick-taking games i've seen that uh that try and add extra stuff it just it seems to add like the perfect amount of stuff yeah yeah, I, I I have yet to like once we played it, it was such a revelation for that trick taking experience because there are a ton of those trick taking games out there of different takes on them. It's, some are better than others. Skull King is actually not a bad one at all. Uh, it just is on the verge though of having too much for me at least personally. A lot of people really love this game, and no fault to that. For me at least personally, it's on the verge of having too much stuff potentially going on to um, be to feel like you have like a strategy that you can uh, uh, sort of think out that isn't going to get disrupted by like randomness um, right so anyway i just it just made me think again how like solid fox and forest's design is in trick taking um all right. all right what else could we talk about with games well, i am i did i did get in the mail i got Ooh. a um a kickstarter game game that i kickstarted 
um, from our friend uh, Carla with Weird oh, Draft nice. Games. It's a big, easy busking. I oh, got it, uh, nice. That came yeah, in. I, awesome. Yeah, and I got the deluxe edition, so it has like all the fun specialty maples and stuff, and uh, it's really pretty. The art is awesome. The, it, everything looks really cool. I've read the rules. Looks awesome. I've watched a playthrough. Uh, kind of messed around with it a little bit. It uh, it does have a solo mode that I have not played yet, but I am excited to do so. Maybe tonight or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it looks really nice. I like it. So remind me of the struct, like the like what the goal of that game is. Like, what are you trying to do in it? Do you know? So it uh, takes place, I believe, over three rounds. You're um, you're a band, and so there's like. Uh, music cards and then there's uh there's different crowds that have different kind of energies you know and you're trying to basically play songs so you're using um you're using resources uh to give energy to your band members to make them play these songs that uh hopefully match the um the vibe of the the whole uh, of the crowd that they're playing for and it's kind of basically it, it sums it's it's an area control game uh, for the okay. at its core, but uh, the the idea is that you're just trying to get the most money uh, after three rounds of uh, playing songs for all these different audiences. So, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, I remember when we uh, were looking at one before. The art is so cool, and <laughs> that's awesome that you you actually have it in hand now. Yeah, it's very vibrant and uh, really well produced, actually. So uh, I'm I'm look, looking forward to it. Well, speaking of Weird Giraffe, based uh, they are t- currently doing a contest of an 18 card. You're designed an 18 card uh, based game or game based on their current catalog of games, and uh, we are also just doing that as a fun little thing to do for us, and that's a cool way to approach it. Do you want to talk a little bit about what we're up to in that? Yeah, we're uh, we're working on um, some. So, so it's an 18 card micro game contest, and we we want to enter. So uh, right now, I'm trying to come up with a an 18 card micro game for adaptation of um, Animal Kingdoms, and I think Kaz is doing a 18 card micro game of uh, Dreams of Tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, and we thought so, we yeah we thought we'd just each take one and then we could meet up and compare notes about it and uh, you know go back and forth and give each other some advice or some be yeah, a sound, sounding board one, basically. Whichever one doesn't sound like it totally sucks, we'd probably work on that one. <laughs> right. Like, and we just I don't started, think so I they can don't save sound great. That one. Yeah, I don't think I can save that. So let's let's do let's do the other one. Yeah. So. But that is a cool idea. I really like their concept of that. Is not it's not just an eighteen card contest or a game mini game contest. It's like taking an initial idea that you of our games that you might like or have played, and then try to redesign it. And that's a really cool idea to throw out into their audience. Yeah, and they're they're open. The contest is open until uh, May thirty first. So uh, as you're listening to this, you'll have plenty of time because it should be should be April right now unless you're listening yes. to this way later <laughs> which case it could be may or if it's june you're too late but um <laughs> but yeah go, en- enter if you uh yeah i mean especially if you've ever played any uh weird draft or galactic raptor or letterman games um it doesn't have to be an exact adaptation it can be kind of a sequel in spirit it can be something that takes place in that world and kind of uses um the lore of that so i mean it's uh and they've got plenty of stuff i mean big easy busking and um animal kingdoms and uh fire in the library and uh dreams of tomorrow there's all kinds of all kinds of games that uh that you could use to adapt um there's no it's just 18 cards so no uh no dice or meeples or tokens or anything like that so that's that's kind of the challenge that's what's what's hitting me as a challenge is kind of trying to weave this with nothing but 18 cards um i feel like all my ideas involve like a couple of meeples or a die or a couple of tokens or something else so um 
I think this is a, a fun challenge, and I encourage everyone listening to rush to uh, Weird Giraffe Games website, which I think is just WeirdGiraffeGames.com. Yep. Or it might just be WeirdGiraffe.com. I don't know. Google it. And, yeah. Uh, and, and the contest is on there. You can read all the details and how to submit and everything. So. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and they um, there is there, I believe there's uh, obviously most of their games you can go online and like um, watch playthroughs or game inst- uh, rules instructions to kind of get a sense of it because like Bill was saying, it's, they're not looking for you to copy the game exactly. Just get be in that world and that universe and that theme, and you know if there's something that looks cool about it or a structure that looks cool. For instance, for, for Dreams of Tomorrow, um, the one that I'm trying to um, do something with, that is based in cards but there are some meeples there that i had to figure out a way to do something with and yes it is so hard not to feel like you want to include meeples but it's a cool universe that that uh theme that they had for that game i really really like um and so i'm excited to try to i don't know try to do something with that that is at least representative of the game (laughs) not nearly as good because it is a i really like that game even more now that i've been playing it more um but yeah, it is uh, weirddraftgames.com, and then the design contest link is just right up in the header, so feel free to click on that. But that's another, we talked about this last time, but I really think that's a great idea, and you're seeing more uh, of them out there that are, are I think, I, I feel like there's more that I, I've heard about. Is other just design contests that are just small like this that are, you know, not going to, they're not asking you to design the next Arkham Horror, but, eight, you know, 18 cards, you can do an 18 card quick design. And at least have fun playing with the idea for a month or two and, and figure out something to get out there. And this one's nice sure. because it does structure it around a specific theme that already exists. So you don't have to come up with a great game idea. It's there for you, or the great theme idea. It's there for you. Just build around it. So that's exactly. always helpful, for especially if you're starting to design or even have designed for a while. It's nice to have that sort of inspiration to start with. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I think it's good, uh, really fun design practice too. And I've, I've kind of done this with, other big games where uh, it, it's kind of the whole, I'm going to take what the core essence of this game is and kind of distill it down, whether that's to, you know, some dice or a smaller subset of cards or uh, something else where you're kind of eliminating the fluff and getting down to what is this, the essence of this game? Like what is, what is the one kind of decision tree that that you're you're rigidly following all the way to the end and uh, yeah the games that can do that are are really interesting like uh i, I mentioned this before but istanbul the dice game does mm-hmm. a fantastic job of distilling what's so much fun about istanbul and uh like not making it a two and a half hour game right you know right so and and i think even there's uh the what is it the um card game for castles of burgundy is awesome uh it's way too big but it's really really fun it does uh it does all the things that castles of burgundy does and i think it does distill it down really well so uh that's that's i think that's good practice to just kind of see uh because once you have that base core element of what what are you what are you actually doing you know, forget all the the little powers here and there and all the asymmetry this and that. What ultimately, what tr- design tree are you following? What decision tree is it that's taking you from beginning to end? And I think that that's an interesting exercise to really kind of train a, your design brain to right. say, you know, okay, I can kind of recognize in a lot of these different games what the decision tree is and i think you find out that that a lot of them are very similar and what makes a game stand out from other games is kind of when you start to add the things that complement that that main decision tree um but if you can't find that then you know you don't know what to add or what to subtract right yeah i think that's a great great advice i mean just finding like um, yeah, what, what do you like about this game? What is the fun part for you? And start there and build off of that or obviously incorporate that. But what's, uh, 
within a restriction like 18 cards, how can you still get that feeling or that sense of enjoyment? <laughs> or can you mimic that and then um, rebuild? Ba- like my, my I thought about is like find that and then rebuild back to the to getting closer to the theme. Because a lot of the soul of the game is typically in that one or two core structure uh, structures that really make it enjoyable to play. And then you can fill the theme in here and there as you need to. But um, yeah, I agree. It's kind of like these small competitions are so cool to inspire you to just sort of try try new things and uh, mess around with different structures yourself to see how you can actually, you know, make your own little satisfying activity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking, and I, this just popped into my head and has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, but um, <laughs> did you see that uh, Frosthaven hit uh, Kickstarter last week? No, I didn't. And it hit like something like four or five million dollars. Oh my God. In like the first, like a couple of days or something. It's unreal what this has done. And uh, it it's literally uh, watching it is just blowing me away um i I, i'm not even sure why it would it needs to be uh to be kickstarted i mean was there ever any doubt that Frosthaven was gonna get made (laughs) yeah it oh my god it's at six and a half million dollars right now yeah yeah six and a half million dollars it still has 25 days to go (laughs) as of as of right now's recording so yeah it's it's a week old not even a week old and uh (laughs) And it's six and a half million dollars. That of its of nice. its uh, the, the 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 threshold was five hundred thousand. Like they didn't think that was going to happen <laughs> right. in about ten minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's let's lowball it here, guys. We don't get we don't want to get our hopes up for this game that everyone's excited about. <laughs> let's just say twenty bucks. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, oh, that is really just. Cool. That is unbelievable. What yeah, that, that's astounding. That could be ten million dollars plus by the end of. I I thought I thought that one. Uh, I thought the Dark Tower was as monstrous as as I've seen. But I mean, it, this passed that in the first couple of days. Yeah, it's unreal. That is. I I don't. I have not read up much on Frost Dave, and I know of it, but I don't really know much of the deets. But I know it is a. It is a very in depth. <laughs> a really, I don't know, lovingly designed and crafted game with a really cool like world built around it. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 the sequel to Gloomhaven, which I think right. has to be probably the most popular board game in the world. I mean, yeah. it's number it's still number one in uh, BGG, isn't it? I believe so. I can't. I don't think it's been toppled yet. Yeah. So. Until Frosthaven comes out, but right, right, and it's uh, Frosthaven probably already is in the top two hundred or something. <laughs> it's probably, not even yeah. actually a game yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, too, because like I, I'm really interested. Like I, I've never played Gloomhaven, but there's something about uh, wind. I don't know if it's because I grew up in the Midwest, but <laughs> putting every, some uh, setting in winter always makes it interesting to me. <laughs> I don't know right. why that is. It's like putting, it's like the ocean. It's like, ooh, interesting. I'll check that out. But, oh, a world set in winter times? Is it permanently in winter? Why is that? I don't know. It makes me fascinated. So, so, so good Kaz's move, house, Isaac Childress. House Stark, I'm guessing. Yes. <laughs> I, something about those guys. I really, I really feel like we fall in line. Okay. The North remembers, man. North remembers. Yes. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, that is hilarious how low they put they pegged the <laughs> the unnecessary backing i mean i guess that's all they needed to functionally get it started but like i, I guess could you imagine modest. if it could you imagine if it only hit five hundred thousand? yeah people were like yeah they'd, never mind they'd be like we're not 100 percent sure we can make this game <laughs> yeah no kidding that seems really low for the type of game this is uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's on, uh, day six of 31. Um, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for it. So by the time this comes out, it'll be day seven. But, um, so if you haven't heard Gloomhaven has a sequel and it's called Frosthaven and it will definitely fund. Uh, yes. so get it while you can. Yeah. That's really cool. I wonder how many people have finished their Gloomhaven sets yet. Or not like, um, 
Uh, oh, that's the other gameplay I forgot to mention. I was like, I feel like there's another one I forgot. Uh, Shelly and I have cracked open uh, Pandemic Legacy and have started working through that just because we are uh, have a lot of more time on our hands. And um, so I, I wonder how many people have actually uh, gotten through Gloomhaven so far before this comes out. Because <laughs> I feel like no one I know has. Like, they're still playing it, which yeah. is great. That's kind of what it is. But... Um, just like Pandemic Legacy, no one I've talked to has ever finished that game. Everyone's just like, we're part of the way through it. <laughs> and it's just hard to set up a schedule to get through those games or get into those games consistently. Yeah, that, that that's the that's kind of why I have this almost aversion, I think, to Legacy games. Is, uh, I, I don't own any. I don't think I own any. I'm looking at my shelf. I, I don't see any. Um but I don't own any because I, I'm kind of I, I know me and I know that I will get a couple of games in and be like, yeah, this is great. And then I'll find every reason to not finish it. Right. Right. Um, Seafall jumps into my head. I think that's one of my <laughs> one of the very few legacy type games I've ever tried to play. And, and you know, maybe it's just because Seafall was um, delightfully mediocre. Uh, maybe maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know. Uh, I wanted to like. Oh, I really wanted to like Seafall too. too. Um, and Spencer was so excited about it. Yeah, uh, he he played it. Uh, several rounds. He never finished the campaign campaigns. I don't think. Yeah, but, but he's played it a bunch. And uh, yeah, me too. I was another one where I just felt like it. Well, it's kind of like. Um, you know, the video games, AAA video games, those big ones, like no one ever finishes them. They're, they're just so big. It's too much. And so I feel like there's a, the same feel with big board games like that that are campaign style where it's like I, I really like the game. But sitting down to dedicate usually at least a couple hours for each playthrough on a game that that you kind of have to remember what you did before <laughs> yeah. and have a context of the story. We played, uh, it's been a while since we did pandemic and we did it yesterday and we're trying to remember like, wait, what is going on right now? Why, what are we doing? Why is this here? What is this? Yeah, and I think you have and, to play like for most of them, like 28 to 32, somewhere around that, that 30 game sweet spot. Uh, yeah. that's a, a huge commitment. I mean, it is. if it's you're massive, if you're yeah. doing it every week, it's going to take you, you know, three quarters of a year to get through. If you, play five times a week you're still looking at a month and a half and yeah. then you're totally burned out on it and yeah i yeah well that's that's a good point too is like you do kind of get even despite loving it you kind of get burned out and that's actually one of the um, comments people have said about pandemic because it is a very heavy theme and game that or not the game's not heavy but the theme is heavy and I guess the legacy is kind of heavy in the fact that you are really it's a stressful game it can be and you, they feel just get burnt out, and it's like I really loved it, but it's hard to get the group back together and being like, should we play this f- super high, exciting, new, fun thing they've never played, or should we put on our serious hats and really try to save the world? Should we slog through <laughs> the the rest of this? Yeah, no, I I, I feel you because there's always the shiny. Like I like to play the shiny. Yeah, the shiny. Yeah, it, shiny for a reason. Because it's so shiny, it's so <laughs> and if I don't play it, it, it it'll never get dull. <laughs> you know, that's the only way to make it so that it's not shiny anymore is to play it. Exactly. If I until I play it, it could always it's always the best game ever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then you're like, oh, you know what? That's it pretty was good. Fine. But... It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's okay. I wouldn't not recommend it, but yeah, I'd rather play this other game. <laughs> right. Ooh, what's the what light is reflecting over there off that yes. shiny surface? How shiny is that? <laughs> I haven't over seen anything yonder. that shiny since the last thing that was super shiny. Yeah. <laughs> Lost a bunch of golems. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> Ready yeah. to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> That is, uh, you know, I will say that's one of the things I've really been enjoying with um, my personal experience with this is that having more free time to be able to explore games virtually. I'm playing games that I don't own at the moment um, and I'm able to explore like Oceans and um, uh, what's, what else was I just talking about? Burgle Bros, things like that virtually has, has been really fun to try to coordinate with everyone else's weird schedule and discover those games. Um as well sort of take the uh take the shiny off some of those even though they're great games too i really actually enjoyed them but i am no longer wondering what they're like i know games can still get a little shinier even after you've dulled them up a little bit with time with time you know 
Oh yeah. There's there that wall of shelving. There's one that has been played in a while, and suddenly it starts shining a little brighter than the others, and you have fond memories, or you just forget all it how it's played. <laughs> yeah, you're like I I think I might have liked that game. Did I, I don't, like that? Game? I'm sure I did. Oh, I must have loved it. That's why I haven't played it in three years. <laughs> it's, it was probably my favorite. It's so good. <laughs> and you play it, it you're much. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, now I remember. Okay. This Got it. wasn't great. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> this Got was it. fine. Putting Harbor back on the shelf. <laughs> why would you take it off the shelf? Because <laughs> I have bad memory. <laughs> bad memory recall. Yeah. yeah. Some games, Some games you know better. You're just like, that will never shine again. Yes. Um, yeah, because it just it sticks. And some games you're just like, you know, what? I'm pretty sure I like that. That was reasonably good. Let me give that a shot again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you should or you could organize your shelf by shine time frames of shine. Like here's there's the dark corner of your board game set where, you know, never again. Uh, and then uh, it sort of like progresses toward uh, recent plays. Brand new games are at the end, of course, that you've never played. But then you have these games that you've played somewhat recently. Then kind of recently then it's been a while and i it, you know i can't remember <laughs> what i felt about it but i have a feeling i really loved it yeah i'd be constantly shuffling my shelf around <laughs> yeah which i kind of do it anyway but <laughs> then it would become an obsession and i don't <laughs> right i don't need that right now <laughs> it's going down it's going down a rabbit hole of it's not a healthy thing to do never mind ignore that advice right. that's terrible yeah. advice that's awful advice. Just un- Gaz has been inside for a long time. I have. I've been unshowered, just ratty-haired. Get away from my shelves, my precious organization. <laughs> he has no idea what he's talking about right now. Uh, that is cool, though. The one thing I feel like the if there's any little bit of light side, it is kind of cool for people's collections that you are sort of forced to rediscover some of these games because obviously um, you can't order online, of course, but you can't really go down to your local game store anymore and check them out. So you've got to uh, sort of rediscover some of your collection. That'd be kind of cool if we get some response of people, what they're playing and replaying right now within their own collections and rediscovering and, and remembering and re um, refalling in love with certain games. Yes, reing in general. We'll re-ing. just call it reing. Yeah. Well, what are you guys reing right now? What are you reing? I uh, I think I might, I might have mentioned this in the last. I can't remember if I did, but I I got a playthrough of Alien Frontiers, and I forgot how much I love that game. I'd mm. played it in a long time and yes. uh, really enjoyed it. I am hoping to get a playthrough of uh, Cosmic Encounter soon, virtually to replay that game. That is just a hard game to get played in the best of times. But yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that to me is one of those games where. Uh, right after I play it, I'm like, that was kind of fun. And then like, <laughs> like the next day, I'm like, that that game was broken. I'm right. never playing that again. And then like a couple of months later, maybe six months, maybe a year, you're like, you know what? I think I remember really having a good time playing Cosmic Encounter. And then the cycle starts over again. Right. Uh, so that's one of those games I think gets replayed because it starts in your head to be rebuilt as shiny. But uh yeah to me i i i have to reiterate you have to go into that game expecting what it is you absolutely you yeah. cannot go in expecting like this like strategic masterpiece because uh, it's not uh you'll probably lose um or if you do win it's probably totally random um <laughs> and uh because somebody else made a mistake that's Probably it. I was happily. I had a. I entered this to some friends last year, and um, they were one of several games I was just introing and playing with them. And I, one of them, hated it. Just despised this game. And we got into this discussion of like, this game's garbage. It's broken. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's part of its charm. And he just, you know, whatever. I get it. Some people just <laughs> do not have the patience for this game. I love it. And But I also felt walked away from the experience thinking like, ah, I probably shouldn't have bothered. I felt like that was uh, <laughs> that was a game where people are like, why did you make us play this game? And But we just reconnected uh, recently to be, set up some virtual play times. And they... We're, we were talking about game suggestions. And they're like, oh, what was that game where we're like trying to conquer worlds? And I was like, oh, my God, Cosmic Encounter. And like, yeah, we could play that one. That was a good one. I was like, oh, you guys liked that game? <laughs> it, it was just like it was like the Grinch with his heart growing two sizes. 
<laughs> is how and, I felt. and then they played it and they're like oh yeah this isn't oh, the game I, yeah no this wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant that other one <laughs> then my heart shrunk two sizes <laughs> like, right away oh. <laughs> I have yet to try to intro it, intro it again because I'm a little worried about that but I was happy that it made an impression well, if you can say anything about Cosmic Encounter it makes an impression <laughs> it definitely makes an impression and and it is it, part. I'm, I'm with you part of its charm really is the fact that it's it's broken uh, oh, yeah. the fact That's that the it's it's so wide open there's the, the negotiation piece it is it is a great game with the right people yes um there, there are there are some games that you know you can play with really anybody and they're fine um it, it, you know but but this one really requires the right group more than almost uh, any other game I can think of. Uh, more than any yeah. other game I can think of, for sure. Uh, it, it's as close to a social deduction type of game without being a social deduction game at all. But it, it follows the the same rule of you kind of have you have to play it with the right people because right. like social deduction games don't work in certain groups, and yeah. uh, Cosmic Encounter does not work with certain groups. It just doesn't. Right. Um, yeah. So. It's it's weird to kind of compare those two because they're not. I mean, it's totally apples and oranges, but they it really does apply to both. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still I'm so I'm glad I have it. You can still get this game too. It's surprising. I love that they. <laughs> there's got to be a fan base out there because they keep reprinting it and <laughs> keep publishing this game. It's so fascinating that was, to me. For like a decade, that was Tom yeah, Vassell's yeah. favorite game of all time. Right. Right. Um, it's only uh, Gloomhaven uh, upended that uh, last year or the year before, or both. But um, but yeah, that was his favorite game forever. And right. he's like, yeah, I know it's broken. And yeah, I know that like everyone in my group hates it. But he <laughs> he played it like hundreds of times in college and stuff. And like it's like all these like drunken pizza nights where they're just playing Cosmic Encounter to like four in the morning. Yeah, and I, I I think that that you kind of it is one of those games that can can sort of lend itself with the right group of people and the right circumstances, like uh, like Aaron with Talisman. Sure, sure. Talisman's not a good game. <laughs> um, it's dare I say it a bad game. Um, but he probably played he probably played that game two hundred times in college. And right, he, right. He'll, he'll be the first one to tell you it's not a good game. <laughs> right, yeah. But it's just one of those. fun at the time, yeah. Yeah, it, it hit them at the right moment. And, and it was the right group at the right time in their lives. And it just, uh, that was like their experience game. Um, uh, Catan hit that with a lot of people. Oh, yeah. You know? me, yeah it's a, Catan's ob- objectively not a super great game in and of itself. But it hit a lot of people at the right time and hit the right groups, and that's still to this day probably my most played game yeah, of all absolutely. time. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise. So yeah, but, I, I have not played it since the heyday for sure. I can't. I was trying same. to think of the other day. Yeah, I, I have played it a ton and loved it, but uh, then got obviously introduced to the different types of games and deeper and more structured games and yeah, games that were back. good. Yeah. <laughs> So let all right. So let's look to uh, speaking of shiny games. Let's look to the future as we should for hope and and joy. And uh, since you have not been able to game at all, what is drawing your attention on your shelves? That when you get an opportunity, what what do you think you'll try to sit down and get played? Um, I want to play Big Easy Busking. I want to mm-hmm. play Abomination Air Frankenstein. Oh yeah. Oh uh, really really badly, and. Um, Huh, I'm looking at my shelf right now. Those are the two I've really been kind of itching for. Right. Um, I've been looking at some others. Um, I'd love to get uh, Zombicide back on the board. I'd really like to try um, City of Iron. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, yeah, but I, I uh, have not ever been able to get that one to the table yet. But um, Oh, and I also really want to play Winterborn. Winterborn. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it was. Uh, I kickstarted it. It's um, it's a Viking game, and okay. um, that's that's 
kind of all I know at the moment. <laughs> I've, I've I've read the rules and I've uh, I know Rado really liked it. He really really liked it. So and I usually like a lot of the stuff that he likes. So oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it's like so, a well, I, hex pattern board. Like, do you do you know? Do you add hexes to it or reveal hexes in it? You you add hexes to your own. There's um, there's like a central board, and then like you have like your own little boards, and then you get like when you explore, you get hexes, and you place them on your board, and that opens up more spaces for you to go around. Right. Um, and then uh, the, the the neat the novel thing that it's it does is you have uh, just a, a small handful of cards. You don't have very many cards because um, it kind of uh, deck builds. And um, what you do is you play one card to trigger one of your three meeples, and then you uh, or you play one card to move one of your three meeples, and then one card to trigger it. So. Um, you're always using two cards, but you can't use, like, uh, if you have, like, a card that's a shaman and a two, or shaman and a two, and then you have another card that's, like, an explorer and a four, you can't, you have to either do the explorer two or the shaman four. You can't do, uh, so it's kind of limited as far as, like, who you want to activate and how far you want to move them. And I did an awful job of explaining that just now, so, um <laughs> Maybe maybe just watch a, a review of it on YouTube or something. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a re, it's a it's a very interesting uh, card play mechanism that it it has, uh, and and I think it looks really good. And I've been wanting to play it. I brought it to game night a couple times, but um, did never never made it. Huh? It does so. look really cool. I'm looking at some um, pictures of it. Uh, I yeah. love Viking games. It's always fun when everyone takes a different theme on the Viking structure <laughs> or the Viking uh, the yeah, structure yeah. of the Viking game. And it does seem very, very different than uh, than any other Viking games that I've I've seen. So I think it does a, a lot of kind of unique things. So uh, that that's what I'm I'm itching to give a try to. It does have a solo mode, so I might actually try and and do that at some point, but. Need to get more time off of work first. Yeah. Yes. You can incorporate uh, mental health parts of the day for everybody, where you just ignore all customers and dedicate half an hour to get part of a game played. <laughs> yeah, my bosses would love that. They're fine with it. That that is a good way to get some time off. Yeah. You know, hey, like, there you go. Double, all the time off. Yeah. <laughs> double purpose. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you did what? Yeah, you're totally fired. <laughs> yeah. You can't Wait, fire I'm sorry, me. There's I no didn't... one else. I didn't hear you. What did you just say? I said you're fired. Oh. <laughs> There's no way they could. Um, oh, they I ex- totally could. They totally could. Every, <laughs> every job I've ever had that I'm like, I'm indispensable. You know what? It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never left a company and they went under. It's just literally never happened. <laughs> and I've as made much, declarations that they would, too, as I'm walking out. But As nope, much as that. I'm sh- I was sure that was going to be the case, it just <laughs> literally never happened. And I, I'm still befuddled to this day. <laughs> it's just uh, a matter of time. They're, oh, they're, yeah, 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 I'm sure. They're, they're all on the verge. Oh, we'll get them. Yeah. We'll get them. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. Uh, let's. I have been really interested in some different games. Um, so one of the virtual struck our virtual sources for board gaming is tabletopia and this is a browser-based um uh virtual uh program or virtual environment i should say there you go and i think they're based in europe because the library they have is largely unfamiliar to me there's some that i have not ever heard of but are really interesting i'm going to read off a few and tell me if you've heard of any of these um you're more aware of what's going on than i am so maybe you have but all right, one of them, well, Keyflower, we've all heard of Keyflower, but one of them is uh, Cerebra, The Inside World. Have you ever heard of that game? Cerebra? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, that's just me then. Uh, okay, what about um, Dinogenics? Dino- <laughs> I, I, I have heard of Dinogenics, oh, um, but uh, I, I don't It looks know so much about. like Jurassic Park. Yes, yes. <laughs> it looks... That's- very That's much the one like that uh, I I think that Tom Vassell did a review on Dinogenics and oh, liked he? it more than he liked Dinosaur Island. I think interesting. That's yeah, the one I'm thinking of. I was looking at it and it it seems like it it's more focused on 
the dinosaurs specifically developing that as opposed to like because dinosaur island i it's really cool I, I like this part of it in the fact that you have to, you have other attractions not just the dinosaurs because it's more of yeah. an all-around park this one seems to kind of just heavily focused on developing and corralling and keeping the dinosaurs contained and, and yeah, safe. D- dinosaur island really is it's it's a theme park game and there happens to be dinosaurs <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> so, but you could literally take the dinosaurs out of Dinosaur Island somehow, and it's still a game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You could make it, um, I don't know, Panda Island. And, uh, yeah, just exactly. Pandas. Just yeah. D- developing different mutant pandas. Still voracious attack machines, but yeah. for some Sometimes reason, they escape. They escape when the security <laughs> level's too low. They escape and they eat people. Because, you know, that's what pandas do, because pandas are disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. It's a good thing Surprisingly they're cute. Surprisingly gross. Yeah. No yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me read off a few more. Um, the escape plan. Have you heard of escape plan? Is that the the one where uh, you've um, robbed a bank and you're trying to get out of the city? I believe so. Yes. Yes. Uh, yep. I, I, bank guys. Yes. I am, I am familiar with, with that one. I have not. That one looks really cool. And that one is way heavier than I thought it would be. It's like rated at 3.72 out of 5. It, it is It is very heavy from, yeah. what, from what I understand. Yeah. It looks it, so light. It looks like uh, Scotland Yard. Yeah, it came out around the same time that uh, I think uh, last year when um, Hong Kong, uh, what the, what's the one? Um, Blackout Hong Kong. Oh, Blackout Hong Kong, yeah. Came out. Uh, it was that one and I think that cell phone one that was uh and that one that you're talking about escape plan all kind of came out um at some convention might have been uh might have been gen con or origins or something like that i I think uh that one looks cool i would like to play that one i was actually going to try to play that one the other day but then i realized how convoluted it was or deep it was and i was like nope i we don't have a lot of time to learn this one so i will table that but it looks really interesting um Interesting story. It kind of reminds me of like grifters and your sort of that criminal group all together trying to escape the the heat. It really is a attractive theme. Yeah, to me. yeah. Um, I, I like the theme a lot. It looks it looks very interesting. Yeah, that's that's a cool one. I, I'm going to do some more digging into that one. Uh, okay, here's one that I think you might not have heard of. March of the Ants. Have you heard of that one? No. That is uh, more. Uh, that's an indie developer um, called Weird City Games. And it is really interesting structure where you are basically an ant colony and you are trying to uh, flesh out your ant colony. I think I'm trying to remember if it's co-op or not. Uh, I think you cr- there's like a shared central board and I, I think it's semi-co-op where you're, you are trying to work together, but you're also doing your own thing. I could be totally wrong about that. But what you do have in front of you is you have your own species of ant and you can upgrade them. There's like, uh, it's broken down, you know, the head, the thorax, and the whatever the other part is called um, of the ant. And those different intervals of parts can be upgraded. And then you can upgrade things that your hive specializes in. Anyway, it looks really interesting. I did hear a couple like ticks against it on like un- uh, underpowered or uh, um, illogical uh, cards. But it does, the structure seems really interesting that I'd like to check it out. And it plays one to five. Um, anyway, so that's one to look at if you're interested in ants. <laughs> but it sounds it, it, like sounds like Frankenstein the ant game. <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very. It just was an interesting structure, so I'd like to check it out. Um, and I'd never, I'd never heard of that one before. All right, I've got two more. Uh, Trouble in Temple Town. No, no, I don't know that one. I'd never heard of that one before. Um, this is also a publisher I've never heard of. I like their name though. This publisher is Too Fat to Fly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh i'm not sure where they're from um but uh it's a really cool the art in this game is really really cool and very very it's, it kind of reminds me of big easy busking color palette but set in the um i don't know sort of like neon ish vibrant backlit color style but um i'm not sure where it's set i think it's set in a non-specific um, city, but anyway, you're are, are uh, an agent that is um, uh, you're actually white blood cells, 
in a city which is the represents the body of I guess a human or something and you are trying you're like a you're an agent your white blood cell is like a government style agent you're one of the black suited agents and you're trying to fight off germs but all set in a cityscape as opposed to in an actual body uh so it's kind of this noirish feel of a game where there's minis and you're trying to travel around and and i don't i guess stop diseases from happening but it's more of the diseases are noirish bad guys and stuff like that so anyway it's really fun cool theme that uh i've never heard of and makes sense because i've I've never heard of too fat to fly either (laughs) sort of like an insult that someone would lobby at someone and they would like that's my thing now i'm too fat to fly (laughs) But uh, but anyway, that one looked cool. And then the oh. last one that looked cool to me is uh, Hats. Have you heard of Hats? Hats? Yeah. H-A-T-S? Yes. Yes. Okay, that I I thought I'd heard of it before, but I, I wasn't sure because I never knew the game. I just might have heard it bandied about. But anyway, that one looked interesting too because I think it's based on the, the Mad Hatter, I believe. Yeah, I think that, that one looks really fun. Uh, kind of fairly simple, but... Uh, like the the concept behind it is, but I yeah yeah I I it, that looks good. I've I've wanted been wanting to to check that one out. Yeah, yeah, those are all sort of the games that piqued my interest on Tabletopia specifically. Um, so anyway, that's what's been kind of cool about this is being able to rediscover games virtually that I wouldn't have had a chance to or would have maybe been off my radar. Um, especially with Tabletopia because they're they have a lot of popular games but there are games that I at least I personally have never heard of or wouldn't have encountered otherwise so check it out okay um yeah those are the the ones that I'd really like to um uh, a couple, those are obviously ones that I'd like to get to the other one is on Mars that one uh, crossed my path recently and I was very interested in that and um, the next one that I never really heard of uh, which is definitely a European game is on the underground uh, have you have you seen anything about this one or have you ever seen this one um, the name sounds familiar but I'm trying to picture it it's kind of, the board looks similar it's like an, right? un- an underground yeah it's an underground map of like it sort of seems like it's similar to um uh oh god why do i always blank this the the railroad game what's the railroad game um ah, the railroad game where you're making routes across the united states and uh oh ticket to on, ride ticket to ride yeah i always <laughs> oh, want to call okay. it something on board i don't know why i can never remember the name of that game huh. it looks like a ticket to ride structure but set in the uh underground of london this is one's called on the underground london berlin so it sounds like they have different maps very similar yeah. ticket to ride is it by, and... by luda creations yes yep that's okay the one. yeah yeah uh, that was a that was a kickstarter mm-hmm. i don't when I don't, uh, last year, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, it came out in 2019. So, but it looked really interesting, and it looks like there's a similar feel and structure like Ticket to Ride, but the goals are obviously different. I, I think you are trying to connect routes um, correctly, but um, it, it seems like on a much smaller scale, maybe, or there's more ways, there more things going on because there's not just I'm trying to connect routes based on these card draws. You're connecting routes, and things are happening, and and um, I think you also reprint. have to. Is it really? Oh, I didn't realize that. It was, uh, yeah, it, on the Kickstarter page, it said, um, uh, while seemingly a simple game, blah, blah, blah. And then it said, um, we, what happened with us is uh, long out of print. It was a favorite game in our gaming group. And then when uh-huh. we realized the rights were available, we reached out and uh, they put it on Kickstarter last year. So apparently oh, that's it's a cool. substantially older game. That's really interesting. Well, it definitely has had an overhaul. I wonder if the, how much of the rules they've changed, if any at all, because the obviously the art is new. It looks it's a really nice looking game. It's very minimalist, but very beautiful, and the right, they have enough art in the right spots to make it. Yeah, attractive. it does look really pretty. I'm I'm sure they that that the art is entirely new. But yeah, I bet they I bet it's mostly the same game because yeah. they seem to have really like enjoyed like been fans of the game. And usually, if uh, if you've got somebody who really enjoyed the game as is they 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 tend to minimize rule changes i think but looks good looks fun yeah that's one i'd like to check out too it looked really interesting um because you're kind of instead of trying to just build a route it sounds like you're trying to guide a passenger 
and have them walk as little as possible, but still get to the destinations like restaurants or work or whatever that they need to is my very vague and maybe incorrect understanding of it, but it looks fascinating and I'd like to check it out. So, um, all right. Well, we'd love to hear what you guys are doing right now. We hope everyone is surviving and hunkered down and keeping yourself sane with board games or whatever else. Um, what is on your shelf that you're replaying? What would you like to check out? Have you been playing virtually? We'd like to know all of these things and many more things <laughs> about yes. you and what you're doing. So you guys can, of course, reach out to us in the normal ways of Twitter and Instagram at roastedgames one You can also reach out to us at RoastedGamesCo at gmail.com. You can go to our podcast hosting page at eavesdrop.com and scroll down to the Roasted Games page and fill out our comment form. Or you can find us on Facebook at Roasted Games. We have the Roasted Fire logo, which is very easy and uh, will probably be obvious to you when you check it out. So uh, we'd love to hear from all you guys and just make sure everyone's doing well and keeping sane. And until the next episode, we wish you well. (laughs) Yes, we'll we'll make it through this. We'll get there. Yeah. Yes. At least it's spring. This isn't happening in the winter. That's the one blessing where <laughs> that is sun. The sun is out, and we're not. We're able to at least break outside briefly to breathe some fresh air. So, yes, right. everybody keeps saying, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye.